from Boston, Massachusetts, to Adelaide, Australia, and everywhere in between. Talking local and national sports and just about anything discussed in the tavern. Broadcasting from South Lyon, Michigan. Welcome to Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 with your hosts, Rich and Tom. We are back. Good ne- Good evening, everybody. Uh, we do apologize for the late start. We had some uh, power outage issues in the show. Uh, as many of you are aware, there's crazy storms moving through the area. So, of course, we lose power when uh, the darndest time. So, But we're here. We're all here this week. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit of the Pistons draft that just took place. Uh Going to break down the, the two picks that they got here and talk a little bit about uh, Victor Wembenyama. Uh, is he going to be the real deal? So uh, JP and I are going to hit on that. Uh, and we're going to do some surprises and some disappointments in baseball. It's been a pretty pretty crazy year so far. Uh, a lot of exciting teams, so we're going to hit on that. And the worst trades or free agent acquisitions in sports history. So that's going to be pretty fun. So Without further ado, we're going to add Mr. Jasper and JP, the Giant. What's up, fellas? What's going on? Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, what's up? Hey, <laughs> hey uh, I just I just want to go on the record and say uh, the commitment level of the three of us is uh, second to none. I will say yeah. that right now, uh, given the weather situation, JP has decided to relocate to a hotel for the evening. <laughs> just because they had power and hey, the show must yeah. go on, right? Yeah. Right. And then, uh, and then uh, you got a guy who's kind of been a you know, uh, I'm not gonna say like maybe a mainstay uh, the last couple of weeks has been on the show. Uh, <laughs> that commitment level is just not there anymore. So uh, I guess we'll have no. to wait to see if Tim shows back up next week or not. It's hard to find yeah. the fourth man around here these days. <laughs> it is. There might have been a, a copious amount of alcohol being consumed down yeah. at Comerica Park today. We'll see. I'm I'm, I'm sure he'll maybe a little, maybe a little uh, PP in his depends. <laughs> I'm sure he'll chime in uh, before the night is over. So. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But yeah. yeah, JP, it's awesome that you guys uh, up and moved over to a hotel and that you yeah. uh, were able to take part today. Um, so, without further ado. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, the Lions unveiled their new low, their new helmet, their alternative helmet. Uh, I personally think it's sweet. I like it. Um, I love the colors. I like that old school logo. Uh, and they'll be playing uh, week eight. They'll have it on the Monday night game. And then the last week of the season uh, against Minnesota. Uh, what do you guys think about it? Rich? <laughs> I'll let it. I'll, uh, well, um, I, I'm a fan of the old uh, classic looks when it comes to that. However, I just I'm not a huge fan of the logo. Yeah, that's just me. Well, you're sporting an old classic look yourself, so yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything because I, I got I, I, no. Uh, I, got, I got a little bit in my uh, my beard, uh, so I'm getting there. So. It's called, uh, it's called it's wisdom. Yeah, yeah there you absolutely. go. It's uh no, it's okay. Uh I think the symbol in itself kind of resembles the Greyhound logo, as I was telling somebody. Uh but it kind of blends the new with the old. Uh I like the 
the blue with the the blue helmet with the gray face mask overall. And I think once he gets on the field, it'll look better than it mm-hmm. does. You know what I mean? Once you get it on the guys. Yeah, that's true. And it, you know, it, it, it kind of matches the excitement level. Obviously the, the lions are, are the talk of the town. Um, so they're going to get something yeah. flashy and, and I don't know. I like it. I'm buying I, in. I, my on only thing though is, is like, did you guys see the Browns altern their, their new logo <laughs> that they're getting ready to unveil? It's like, it a, just a, like a darker a shade, cool looking like bulldog or something. Oh yeah, and then we get yeah. like a dead like malnourished lion. <laughs> <laughs> they did you put that out. I mean? they had like we get a, the we get a Jenny Craig lion, right? <laughs> <laughs> they put it out and the fans voted on it. I believe. Yeah. yeah. What for their midfield logo? Uh, unlike the what the the brownie the elf they had last year yeah. that. Somebody oh. ended up breaking into the if stadium. Are you serious? Somebody did that? Yeah, it was like week 12 or 13. Somebody broke in the stadium, got a truck, and started doing donuts on the field. So was, That was probably the most excitement that field's seen all season long. Yeah, yeah. safe bet. Yeah, so that field was destroyed. They had to fill in holes. <laughs> Damn it, I would oh, here it is. Filling holes. Yeah, filling <laughs> holes. Uh, they had to do that uh, to, to, I mean, people were tripping. It was bad. It was bad. So, yeah. Anyways, we're going to get this thing going here. Pistons draft recap. They take uh, Osser Thompson, a uh, half of the Thompson twins. And also they take Marcus Sasser from Houston. Two guards was kind of surprising. They seemed to be heavy at guard, and they were heavy at the, the four position. So I wasn't sure where they were going. JP, what do you make of these picks for them? Uh, it, the head-scratcher for me was Sasser, them moving up into yeah. the first round to, to draft Sasser. I, and him being another guard, I, I just, I, I'm not sure about that. What, are you, what was your thought? Well, I think a uh, common theme with both picks is that both guys can play defense. And I think, obviously, they're looking to upgrade in that area as they were one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA last year. Uh, you take a look at Asur. Uh, he's a six-seven guy. He's a little bit thicker. And in the NBA, it's kind of positionless basketball now. So, I mean, he can guard the one through four, if you think about it. Uh, he's coming over. He's a kid from Florida. He was a five-star recruit, big name. Uh, he played two years for the overtime elite. Won a state title in high school, won two titles with Overtime Elite, was uh, finals MVP for Overtime Elite this year. Uh, I think he's already um, a prominent defender in the league day one. Uh, I think he's going to have to work on his offensive game as much as as much of these young guys are coming into the league these days. Uh, Sasser, as far as he goes, uh, they traded the 31st pick and multiple second round picks to move up for him. Uh, he's also, like I said, another def- good defender guy, also a good outside shooter, shot yeah. nearly 40% from three, mm-hmm. you know, led Houston to a number one seed. He was ultimately injured in the tournament, so kind of the reason that Houston uh, left. But uh, I, I like the picks. I mean, I, if you ask me, there wasn't a lot of excitement in the draft this year. Uh, I think college basketball is kind of watered down now, so you don't get the Carmelos and the – 
Wades <laughs> and the guys that we used to get in the past, you know? Right. So you mentioned the overtime elite, and then these kids are playing in the G League. Do you see, do you notice the big difference in, in, in kids that are coming out of those leagues compared to a one-and-done in college or maybe a couple years in college? I mean, uh, you could say that maybe some of the talent, the talent that they're playing is different. I mean, Jonathan Kaminga, guy for Golden State who played for overtime elite, and then, of course, Jalen Green last year. Right. Uh, they're, they're more definitely more prominent guys. I think once they do enough in the league, they kind of shut them down a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, but I think, yeah, I think the bigger prominent guys are skipping college now. I don't know, you know, if I don't know if the talent level is higher or not, but uh, you're going to see it. I think you're going to see it more and more as the years go on. Yeah, I think those two players that you named, they're really the only ones that have kind of made a name for themselves in the NBA yeah. that didn't go to college. So, right. So, like I said, the two guards being drafted. And we've got Killian Hayes on this team. You have uh, Diallo on this team. Is this a move that maybe forces them to to move them, or or is this something that maybe Monty Williams kind of was steering in in that direction to 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 make sure that they have um, specifically Sasser, who who's a good uh, catch and shoot type of player and. Yeah. They don't have that on this team prior to him. So do you see uh, Hayes maybe getting getting dealt with, with no, the addition? I, mean, I think you can keep him. Uh, you still got guys on the roster like Rodney Magruder, Corey Joseph, you know what I mean, Diallo, as you mentioned, Alec Burks. You know what I mean? It, yeah, these guys, are they kind of all been on prove-it deals here for a couple of years now. Right. So if you want to make room, I think you can easily move on from these guys. Yeah, well, and I, watching some highlights of of um, of uh, Thompson, I, I like his defense. Actually, we yeah. got a video lined up right here. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and play it right now. Oh, 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 oh my God, John Ned! Oh, Thompson! Oh my God, what a pass! Twin telepathy! There is. You know what I'm saying? Oh my People God. Like right now. They in the lanes like Tor. He's at 7 1. Yeah. Look at him. And he can guard. Look at that. That's Great good. Oh, oh, wow. I'll turn it over. Sar Thompson diving this, on the floor. This is what you don't want. That's how you get the automatic bid. This is the horizon. And here is Mark going back outside the shed. Quick pass. And that is a three for Sasser on the board. All time three point shooter in Houston history. I'd say he's okay. <laughs> I, I, I know you can detect things. They chase everything on the glass. You must stick them and go get it. Nice look. That is. I. That would be a welcome addition. Yeah. Uh, for a team that uh, struggles for a score, uh, someone that you can consistently hit those threes from the perimeter. Yep. And looking at Thompson, he's almost like a like a Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, real long athletic yep. i i like i think that's going to be uh you pin him next to Cade and and if there's one thing for sure about this this piston team they're young and they're athletic it's just i think they're going to they're missing maybe a veteran presence 
Um, maybe that 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 comes in the in the in the form of Monty Williams, a, a good coach. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Monty's got a good track record. Obviously, uh, Chris Paul, I know, credits a lot of his success for his years with Monty coming up in New Orleans. Uh, obviously, he's worked with Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, another guy that they're trying to pursue from Brooklyn. He's worked with. So I think that uh, he's got definitely he's going to be the leadership. He's going to be the presence. He's going to be the guy that develops these guys. Uh, and I, I think given the track record of the guys I just mentioned, uh, that puts them in pretty good hands, right? Yeah, it sounds good. And and we talked about before, every single player on the roster showed up for his press conference. So yeah. you can definitely feel the excitement in the locker room to have somebody of his stature uh, behind the bench. So Absolutely. Uh, the biggest uh, non-surprise of the draft, obviously, was uh, Wimben Yama going number one. Yeah. I got his name. It took me a little while. I got his name. <laughs> Going number one to the Spurs. Uh, talk about a franchise that that lives and dies at the center position. This is now their yeah. third prestigious center in you know since what? Uh, when did Tim or um, David Robinson was ninety uh, five or something 95 like that? Ninety five or ninety six, yeah. Um, so that's definitely been their mainstay as as a franchise. European player, obviously coming from France. He's been yep. playing professional ball for two years. He actually played in a uh, elite overtime elite. He played against Scoot Henderson. Actually, they had like yes. a two game um, exhibition, and 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 he averaged like thirty seven points against his Scoot Henderson's team. The the one thing that you fear coming in, Chet Holmgren last year, a real he didn't have the body. We'll say. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is a situation that that will come into play with with Victor here, um, but tell me that this is not a a, a, a Darko Milicic uh, incident. Uh, we all know the human uh, victory cigar who played European professional ball didn't do anything in the NBA. We this yeah. is not going to be a situation like that for him, is it? Well, uh, I think when you look at him, he's got the skill set. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is him staying healthy. So you look at the last guy that was that big that was drafted that high, and it was Yao Ming, who had a lot of health in, health problems and ultimately yeah. had to retire early. So I dug into Victor Wimbanyama a little bit. In uh, 2021, he actually had a stress fact, uh, fracture in his fibula, uh, returned and had a stress uh, fracture in his finger. That put him out for three months. Uh, bone contusion. He had another injury in 2021 and 2022 was ruled out of the playoffs for undisclosed muscle injury. So the injuries are already there for the kid. You know what I mean? Mm. And I, the, you, in the NBA, it's, the guys are physical. They're the best players in the world. And you just really wonder if his body can handle the wear and tear of an 82 game season. The, the one thing I look at with, with that might not being the case is we all know this is not a physical league anymore. I mean, yeah. they protect the ones that make them the money. And and clearly, Wimbenyama is, if not already, he'll have the number one selling jersey uh, on NBA.com. So yeah. there really isn't big-bodied centers in the NBA anymore. I, I think the game has kind of transitioned to more shooting and, and the, the center play 
even the centers are out. Look at Jokic. He's he's playing the point half the time. And and Luca right. and these these guys are all away from the rim a lot. So his ability, I think, looking at the way he can dribble, the his ball handling skills, just he somebody referred to him as a unicorn, which he can kind of do it all. Uh, we thought Jokic was the first person to, to do that, but I think he's gonna be in a situation to where he's not faced with a lot of big bodied guys. So that, yeah. that could help him out, but skill wise, he's, he's as good as it's, anyone since LeBron. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's, and, and like you said, the NBA, they're not scared to sit their guys out. I mean, load management is a huge thing. You know, you wonder if Zion's ever going to play a game again, if Ben right. Simmons is ever going to play a game again. So, I mean, the league as a whole is soft, but I mean, when you have, when your fingers and your, toes are 10 inches long i mean any given step could be an injury did you see the picture of him holding the baseball yeah i mean wow. it was like you holding a golf ball but he was holding oh, yeah. a baseball uh-huh yeah it yeah. was crazy yep unbelievable guy's got a uh eight eight foot wingspan they yeah. said equivalent to two two park benches <laughs> <laughs> it's, insane. Wow. it's insane but yeah. um san antonio kind of we're one of the first ones, one of coaching crews to do the load management. So pops, pops going to sit him down. If there's any, any sense that he's, he's, you know, out of shape, which I don't think he will be or, or having any kind of difficulty pop will sit him down. Cause this is the, this is the franchise right here. It's the way they're looking at it. So, yeah. and the number two pick Brandon Miller, everyone knows about his storied past. Um, in the, in the nature of the NBA, kind of with John Morant getting, getting another suspension, it's kind of a hot topic and what he did, he, you know, his gun situation, is this something that, that Charlotte is going to have to worry about maybe dealing with down the road, or do you think maybe this is, a, he's been kind of learned his lesson not to, um, get himself caught up in any of that, especially with John Morant situation. Well, I think it's just going to be a cloud that hangs over his head really, because he hasn't been charged. Uh, there was a former U S attorney that came out and said that there was evidence that proved that he didn't know that the transferring of the firearm was going to be used in an unlawful way. So he beat all the technicalities of the law. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just going to be uh, it'll just be a cloud over his head at, for me, I would have been more concerned with the maturity and his interviews and the way he answered questions. But uh, I don't think, once again, I don't think the NBA is a very mature league or no. nor do they care about the image of the players. I think they just want to win. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I've brought this up in the past. The biggest gripe I have with the NBA is the maturity level. And I, I just don't think you get that in one year in college or, you know, a year or two in, in these developmental leagues. You don't you don't really grow into a man deep enough to uh, come into the NBA and be able to handle all that money. But yeah, uh, he, he did kind of impress me in the draft. He, he did seem very well-spoken. So clearly he's been working with uh, some PR people to kind of, you know, get his, get his. Uh, uh, well, reputation. he did say that. He did say that his greatest player of all time was Paul George, which I thought was kind of weird. 
Yeah, that that was strange. <laughs> that was that's strange. that's extremely strange. His, his goat. Yeah. Was I'm not a basketball like, guy, and I know that's not right. Oh man. Well, I mean, then again, maybe that just speaks to the his generation of basketball. Like that's a true. Young kid. But man, you know, it, 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 not Paul I mean, George. Not Paul. If your guy's George. an idol that if your guy's the idol that only plays 40 games a year and disappears in the playoffs, and I guess that's yeah. what you got to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and you were talking about Zion. It, it, he can play another basketball game just as long as it's not in Detroit. So, yeah, I I'm think if that. if if that was going to happen, it would have happened pre-draft. So yeah. I I don't. You know what? I though? don't think that's going to happen here. It's so bad here, and at 22 years old, when he does play, he averages 27 points a game. I mean, why not? You nope. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the product's so terrible here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you. Anything will help at this point. So, right from terrible to surprises and some disappointments in the MLB, it's been a pretty uh, exciting year so far. Attendance is up big time all around uh, Major League Baseball stadiums. Stadiums, um, people are tuning in a lot more, and and I really think it has a lot to do with the the new rules, the pitch clock, and whatnot. So. We are going to, before we get into this one, uh, this guy, Ellie De La Cruz from the the Reds. Unbelievable story. That is blitz to right center field. Off the top of the wall. De La Cruz storms up to second base. He nearly had a home run. Pitch. First pitch in the air to right. Acuna back at the wall. Gone! One, two. Broke his bat. That's in the center. Base hit. Windmill on McLean. Of scoring opportunities. De La Cruz right center. Down base hit. Could he go free? India around third. India scores. It's a cycle. Uh, 15th game as a major league player, and he does that. Uh, unbelievable. So we're going to start with you, Rich, with your surprises and your disappointment. So I am going to uh, remove myself from the screen, <laughs> shut the garage door, because we got uh, a monsoon coming through South Lion. So I'll put it up on the screen and then take it away, Rich. All right. So some of my surprises here is, you know, Tampa Bay. We all know that. Tampa has a um, has a great. They've always had great pitching. Uh, they've always been able to pick the right guys, develop the right guys, get them in there. Uh, but they've also had some good firepower as well. Uh, I think all the way around, they're the biggest surprise on both sides of the ball for me. Uh, in the NL surprise, obviously we just saw De La Cruz. Uh, the Reds, the Reds are first in the Central. Uh, absolutely, just playing with a purpose right now let's hopefully they can keep that up but i mean time will tell right it's a long season it's a grind and my disappointments i have is uh you know the the al central and it's in a whole (laughs) nutshell is terrible and absolutely terrible i mean your team that's leading the leading the pack right now is a 500 team uh you you can't have that right you got to they got to be better than that, right? Detroit just got done, uh, you know, with the series with them this week, and I, they were close games, and it was just 
uh, it just on very lackluster baseball on the AL side. Also the Red Sox, the Red Sox have really, um, um, they really haven't done much per se. I, I was expecting a little bit more out of them this year. Um, and the NL disappointments, obviously the Mets, the Mets had the largest payroll, right? JP, we talked about this pre-show. Yeah. They had the largest payroll and they just, they can't By a lot. I mean, yeah. they can't, they can't figure it out. I mean, they have, they have Scherzer, Verlander, uh, you got Lindor, you got uh, the you polar bear. I mean, you, I mean, you have, you have a lot there and you just can't put it together. Yeah. And then the Phillies, I've, I've expected a lot more of the Phillies. And I think what the Phillies are really struggling with right now is the fact that um, they lost Reese Hoskins, which he was a 30 run, you know, 30 home run hitter, uh, yep. solid, solid defensive play. And all they're doing right now is pretty much like, you know, henpecking guys to put in there that Cody Clemens is spending time up and stuff like that. Not saying he's, not saying he's doing terrible, yeah. but he's no Reese Hoskins, right? Cody Clemens has actually did. done better for the Phillies than he did for us last year. Yeah, he, he but did. I mean, but he's not a Reese Hoskins, right? No, no absolutely not. So, JP, I'll put yours up, your uh, surprises and your disappointments. Yeah, so I went with Tampa and Baltimore uh, based on the fact that they have the second and third lowest payroll in baseball, which says a lot about the player de uh, development and the scouting departments and those organizations. Somebody picked them to finish first in the East. Yeah. I won't mention names. Yeah, well, I'll eat crow on that. I picked the Guardians over <laughs> them, but yeah. I, I but no, especially them. Baltimore, a team I really like. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, uh, Adley Rutschman, Cedric Mullins, uh, Anthony Santander. They got, they, they got, they got definitely got some good, good young guys. Uh, NL surprise, I went with the Mar Miami Marlins, one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Uh, despite all the struggles from Sandy Alcantara, uh, they're still hanging in there tough. I think they're 20-21-9 in their last 30 games. Uh, obviously, Luis Arise, big story, batting 400. Uh, he's one of three guys to do what he's doing right now, pretty elite company. Uh, obviously, my AL disappointment, I went with the Chicago White Sox. Um you kind of have to you have to mention a AL central team when it comes to a disappointment. Uh, all the talent they have, they should be doing a lot more with. They're not. Uh, like Rich said, all the teams in that division stunk. And then I went with the Mets, highest payroll in baseball, kind of hard not to. And then another team that has crapped the bed, their worst start since 1978 is the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt's yeah. getting up there a little bit in age now. He's in his mid-30s. Makes you wonder if they're going to move on from him as they get closer to the deadline. To Arenado. Start, start uh, Arenado, too, to start, you know, kind of retooling well, the team a little bit. Funny, funny you mentioned that. There's also – there's been some conversations about uh, Goldschmidt actually being dealt to the Phillies. Yeah. To, you know, make the – you know, but – I mean, that's still, we still got time before the trade deadline, but that's, I mean, that's some chatter that's going on that people are speculating that he might, he might be on the move this year. So yeah. it, it'll be interesting. I mean, reigning MVP, he's only got a few more years left. So you got, you're, you're going to be talking about contenders that are going to be looking for him. But yeah, I mean, it might be, may, might be a good move for uh, the organization as a whole. Like, as I said, you know, St. Louis is, been a mainstay in the playoffs for oh, yeah. most of my life, you know, so yeah. 
This is a, definitely a down in the dump time for them. It's it's uncharacteristic of yeah. them. You know, the Cubs were kind of starting off real slow, and they've they've won quite a few games lately, so they're starting to heat up. And they just split a series over in London. Which yeah. uh, did you guys watch any of that? Yeah, I did today. Uh, actually, the Cubs bombed them in the first inning today, and then St. Louis came back. Well, but that was fun though. <laughs> they hit a a pop up and it hit the overhang and like yeah. oh my god like that just seems I don't know it, it I, I feel like that's, dude, that's, that stadium's, stadium's not like, built for that no no yeah. so they were talking about they had to bring like 300 truckloads of clay in and then they laid the the turf over top of it they are going to roll up the turf and keep it in a warehouse a 21,000 yeah. square foot warehouse did and, you guys uh, watch so, did did you know that it was sponsored by Capital One because <laughs> uh, their logo was literally all all over everything and, and every was, camera, every angle, was, every shot. Why was the Yankee guy, uh, the announcer? Why was he in the booth for ESPN? I thought that was strange. There was a lot of guys, Sterling, a lot of stars there actually. You see CC Sabathia and Bill Murray and all them guys at the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It was funny. There's a big crowd yeah. there, so. Um. I've got my disappoint my my surprises and disappointments here. My surprise in, in the AL is Texas. I mean, there's a lot of good ones, uh, but Texas they they finished last last year in the West or second from last in the West, and they came in. They spent a lot of money last year, and this year they seem to be putting it together. They spent a little bit on Degrom, who we all know is now gone, but they seem to be rolling. Their number uh, first place in the West. Uh, and man, the Diamondbacks! What a yeah. fun team that is to watch. They can they can hit the baseball, so they're putting up crazy numbers this year. They're leading the West. Disappointments. It's kind of a twofold for me. Oakland they they got twenty wins this year. It, it's really bad, uh, and they're leaving Oakland in twenty six. So you got to feel for the sports fans in Oakland, California. You lose the Raiders uh, to Vegas, and now you're going to lose the A's to Vegas. So it's just it's kind of doom and gloom in Oakland. And, and and you feel sorry for those fans who had a, basically a sit in last week where they protested and they all stayed after the game and they had to be told to leave. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. So those fans are, they're, they're passionate and, and it, and it kind of sucks that they're losing another franchise. Uh, and then the disappointment for me in the NL is the Padres. I mean, you got three of the best baseball players in the world, Tatis, Soto. Um, it, it, it's just, I don't know. Is, is it coaching or is it egos? But they just can't seem to get out of their own way. And and here we go again. They're, they're just in the middle of the pack in the West and digging themselves in a hole. They got really close last year. Uh and ironically enough, it was without Tatis. So you, you got to wonder if this guy's a cancer in the clubhouse because there's no way they shouldn't be dominating in, in, in baseball, and they're just not. And, it, and it's kind of a disappointment. It's a disappointment for um, for that that city. I think they've really embraced – that team and they've spent a lot of money and it's just it's just not working out so yeah i think you got some at cronesworth and hugh darvish and i mean they got some uh they got some pitching they just 
like you said, they can't put it together. I mean, they did better last year without Tati. So Mm -hmm. what is that? I mean, you're right. Is that something that should be noted as, you know, maybe, maybe it's him. You never know. Right. Plus Grove. He's a good pitcher too. Matt Cronenworth's actually a Michigan guy, Michigan kid. Yep. 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 Yeah. Our, our, um, our neighbor, uh, Tori across the street went to high school with him. So. Oh, where was up, they, up in uh, um, St. Clair area? <laughs> no, just just be quiet. We're, we're just gonna leave it alone. <laughs> just be quiet. Uh, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that ain't so. happening. Yeah, but well, anyway. that's got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I guess that kind of speaks to the management then, right? Because they. They, I watched them play today, and they absolutely imploded against the Nationals. I think uh, they gave up six six runs in one inning down the stretch. There, yeah, they're they're oh. they're just they're off. Yeah, it's 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 a bad situation, and and now that Tatis contract is ridiculous. So yeah. if they wanted to move him at some point, the team would probably have to take on a lot of that chunk because i don't think there's any teams out there that aren't named the detroit tigers that that would be willing yeah. to spend that kind of money i don't even think scott harris would want to spend that money and he's trying no. to, he's dumping miggy after this year and boom off the books so but yeah it's been a fun year and looking forward to how it's going to trans transpire the rest of the season so moving on to the next segment we were spitballing back and forth about some uh, different ideas, and uh, man, we we get to talking that there are a lot of uh, bad trades that have, that have happened in yeah. sports and free agent signings. So it's kind of a down down moment in sports this summer. So we're gonna dive right into this. So we're gonna start with you, JP. Some of your worst trades and free agent signings. Yeah. So. Back in 1996, the Charlotte Hornets traded their 13th pick to the Lakers for Vladdy Divac. Uh, that 13th pick ended up being Kobe Bryant. He ended up winning five NBA titles. I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. Uh, Vladdy Divac, old, flopping, stiff, <laughs> never won anything. Uh, 2014, Jay Cutler signs a seven-year, $126.7 million contract. He retired two years later, maybe the most sporadic quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Uh, would go out and throw five touchdowns one week and then go out and throw five interceptions the next. I think he was more uh, more known towards the end of his career for who he, who he was dating. I think it was that girl from Laguna Beach. They were married. Yeah, yeah they were married yeah. for a little while. Kristen Cavallari. Oh, yeah, and also seemed like the biggest douche there was. And now he's on yeah. now he's on TikTok in the school pickup line doing doing <laughs> videos. Yeah. Well, he he stole a lot of money from Chicago. Oh yeah, there's no question. I think he's probably banned from every uh watering hole in the uh oh. in Ch- oh, Chicago land area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he flew uh, Chicago. Oof. All right, Rich, what do you got? Well, obviously you guys know in 88 you spelled Edmonton wrong, but that's I fine. Edmonton Oilers, uh, they traded Gretzky to the Kings for three picks, three players, and $15 million in cash. And the reason why the cash was there is because the Oilers were absolutely strapped for cash. Um, 
interesting thing is that the the players that were traded and the players that uh, were picks out of that deal only amassed 223 points. Gretzky went on to score 918 points with LA when he was there. So uh, obviously just that one guy, obviously, as we all know, that's why he's considered the great one, right? Yep. Um, that one right there. And so we got a local free agent signing that was, I mean, just absolutely baffling. I was excited about it at first because it was like a really, at the time he was a very well-known defenseman. He was also a big presence at the blue line, but the wings went and signed Yui Krupp to a four-year, $16 million deal uh, with, with the, uh, with the fact that he uh, came off a season where he had a herniated disc and they told him, we, you know, we really want you to, you know, rehab yourself this way. And he kind of went against their, um, against their rules or what they were wanting them to do. Uh, they caught him dog sledding up in uh, Northern Michigan. So they, so they, they pretty much voided two years of his contract out. And it was happened to be the years that, you know, he couldn't play cause he was too injured, but he could still dog sled. Mm. Um, so it was like an $8 million they took back. So he ended up playing a total of 32 games, 30 in the regular season, two in playoffs, still managed to cash in $8 million. So we roughly paid him $250,000 a game. Uh, yeah, that was, not a bad I mean, deal. it was terrible. I mean, it was absolutely terrible. And he you came know, he, from Colorado, didn't he? He did come from, he won a cup with Colorado. Then he came here and he actually was on, he was actually playing in the playoffs when the wings won the cup but he didn't have enough games that year in order to get his name back on the cup again. So, so he probably didn't get a ring or anything like that either. Cause if I was the Elch, I'd be like, there ain't no way, dude. Um, but he probably, he probably got one anyways, you know? And so that one right there is kind of like, you know, also, the, I mean, the wings towards the, uh, you know, the salary cap era, you know, Ken Holland couldn't never really figure it out. And, uh, it was funny because, um, uh, the people in Edmonton, I followed this Edmonton Oilers page, and it's all people from Edmonton. They were like acting as uh, Ken Holland was uh, God coming in, you know, whatever. I'm like, dude, he's going to destroy your team. Yeah, I Don't said, take it from me, team. take it from me. He's going to destroy your team. He's, gonna, I mean, he's just absolutely going to. Your team is going to be so far upside down when he leaves that you're going to be so pissed off and. Uh, oh no, he's the greatest thing, and then all these different contracts, dude. People are like, oh, he's the worst. I was like. Told you so. I mean, yeah. I, I'm like, I, I told you guys, uh, you know, but, he, you know, one of the other ones that was kind of a bonehead one is, you know, he signed Stephen Weiss to that big deal and Stephen Weiss didn't really do amount to anything. But that was, a, early that, I mean, that was a time that, you know, it, and the Lions were victim of it as well when it comes to free agent signing. You, we had to overpay players to come here because nobody yeah. wanted to come here. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how, that's kind of how, um, JP you know, that's kind of how straight tax. Yeah, the Detroit. Yeah, you're exactly right. The Detroit tax. Trey Flowers, the most recent. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, we can. There's a laundry list from each team, but you know, you had to pay. You know, you, you had to overpay for people, and they get here, you're, and everybody's pissed off because they're not doing anything uh, right. to benefit the team. So yeah, yeah, that was pretty much my two picks that came off the top of my head that really stung. I guess if you want to say that. I'm going to go to the way back machine, 1987. The Tigers had a young fireballer by the name of John Smoltz. He's a Lansing kid. 
They trade him for Doyle Alexander. I remember. I remember that was. Uh, they they won the East, I believe. That was the division because they've all changed since then. So they 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 beat Toronto and then they play Toronto in the playoffs and Toronto ends up beating them. Um, but they get Doyle Alexander in return. And the caveat here is Alexander had a hell of a season for Detroit. I think he ended up with 19 wins that season. So they got one good year out of him. He retires in uh, after two seasons with Detroit. So it was good for one year for Detroit, and, and the, the rest is history as far as John Smoltz is concerned. Uh, World Series champion. He's a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame pitcher. Uh, that pitching staff will go down in history as one of the greatest all times in Atlanta. So, and then one of the worst free agent signings, Chris Davis, seven year, $161 million contract. And folks, July 1st is Saturday. And what is July 1st? It's Bobby Bonilla day, Bobby Bonilla day where he receives his payment from the New York Mets. For $1.5 million. Rich, how long, how much longer do the Mets have to pay him? It's, Shit. It's, it's I think to like 35, I think, or something like, I think it's like 2035 <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, just deferring payments. I mean, <laughs> if you look at it, but here's the thing is, well, people sometimes they always call it Bobby Bonilla Day, but we also have to remember there's also a Ken Griffey Day because he's still getting paid by the Reds. Yeah, this, this is true. There, and was, he's, there was, he's one of the highest paid Reds. Yes. <laughs> I, I think he's I think he's making like four and a half million dollars a year. Wow. Um, you know, so it's not uncommon for these guys to get these deferred payments. And I think it's hilarious because everybody gets all excited, jazzed up. But Bobby Bonilla pretty much paved the way for it. Oh yeah, you know he's like, hey, hey, you guys want you guys want to lower your, you know, you want to lower your your salary, I'll, I'll you help, know, yeah. whatever it is. I'll help. I'll help. Yeah. You know what? Just you know what? I'll take one and a half million for the next hundred years, and just and when I die, just make sure you give it to the next can. <laughs> next roll can. it to the next for my yeah. yeah. So Alan Iverson, Alan Iverson actually has a similar deal with Reebok, where he still gets payments from them every year. Well, don't let him in Detroit because he'll probably just blow it down at the Motor City Casino yeah. if he's allowed back in there, right? Or MGM, whatever one he was. He got kicked out of a couple of them. So, yeah. Chris, Chris Davis, in 2022, the year he retired, he received his full $23 million salary. So they're going to disperse the, the the remaining $42 million over the next 15 years. So from tw this year through 2025, he's going to receive $9.16 million per from 26 to 32, he's going to re receive three and a half million. And from 33 to 37, he's going to receive 1.4 million. So, wow. and ironically enough, these are players, even Bobby Bonilla, you haven't heard a higher hair of from Bobby Bonilla since, since he's left baseball and same could be said with Chris Davis. Um, but yeah, we were doing some research on this and there's, there's some, there's a lot of, uh, contracts that were just lousy scott mitchell four-year backup to dan marino they bring him yeah. to Detroit. he's he's got the the team record most interceptions in a in a playoff loss hey, we're, we're living out one of the worst contracts right now with miggy yeah bleacher bleacher report had miggy the eighth worst contract in the history of sports so um, yeah it's, he's at 37 million i think for this year so come next year there's there's really you know if they could find a way to get rid of uh Baez, who went 0 for 12 yeah. for the weekend, although he did make a really nice play at shortstop. But 
He's just he's been a bum. That's, That's been not gonna deep. happen, dude. He's not gonna opt out. Hey, let me let, let me <laughs> get let me give you the hey, let me give you a rundown. Okay, so you said Chris Davis, right? So he's got that. You got Griffey, John Lester, Manny Ramirez still getting paid. Wow. Dust Dustin Pedroia is still getting paid. Raphael Soriano still getting paid. Ryan Braun still getting paid. Wow. Todd Helton still getting paid. Bobby Bonilla. Help. Darren O'Day, Holy Lorenzo Cain, Brent Saberhagen. Dude, that dude hasn't played baseball since 89. Dude, dude, he's 58 years old. He's still collecting a paycheck. <laughs> $250,000 he gets paid by the Mets. And then oh. Vinny, Vinny Castilla is 55. Wow. Bobby Vinny is 60 years old. And he's still collecting a paycheck. That's crazy. Dude, I mean, that's, you know, it's, dude, it's crazy. Griffey's 53 and he's collecting three and a half million. Well, you know what? Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dude, I'm mad at you. No. Those owners. That's something you can always, you know, even though you 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 know, depending yeah. on how much money you made during the your career and you, you, yep. you know if you if you built a nest egg, sure. I mean, you still have that coming. You're like, hey, hey, here's you know, that would be just like you know, play money, I guess, if you want to call it that. So and you look at you look at at the time they decided to do that, they were helping the team, so to speak. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. Let's 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 take the these this contract and and push it out. That way, you can help you guys out or whatever. So, yeah. in in a, in a way, it was the player being a team player. So, and and yeah, you don't see that too often. I'm I'm actually surprised there's that many players that did that. So yeah, rapid fire returns, folks. It's been a few weeks since we did it. This one's going to be a fun one. It's best case scenario. And JP, we are going to start with you. Just real quick answers. Uh, what do you think the best scenario is going to happen? And I'll put it up on the screen. San Antonio Spurs make the playoffs before the Pistons. Uh, yes, I agree. Uh, they got Popovich and they have a good young nucleus there. Yes. Rich, Patrick Mahomes wins another MVP before Joe Burrow goes to another Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. JP, Lions win a home playoff game before the Packers get back to the playoffs. Uh, yes, I agree. I think they're going to host a playoff game this year. I think they'll win. Perfect. That would uh, be incredible. Rich, the Tigers will win the Central before the Wings make another playoff run. That ain't happening. No, I think the Wings make the playoffs before the Tigers will win the Central. Agreed. And and we'll do this last one for both of you guys. Uh, We'll start with JP. Michigan wins a natty before MSU becomes bowl eligible again. Oh, that's probably a better. That's a good possibility, actually. <laughs> no, I think they'll. I think Spartans will make a bowl game this year. Rich, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think I think MSU will become. I I don't. They might play in the uh, as you call the the Billy Bowl. They might play in the Billy Bowl, but of the uh, the Hot and Ready Bowl. Yeah, yeah, they'll probably they'll play at Ford Field, or you know, before uh, Michigan wins a natty. As I, much I as went I love that game last year. Hey, as much as I'd love to see, as much as I'd love to see them uh, win a natty, I just, yeah. I just, they, I think they're, 
the best chance is probably this year, but but yeah, they're I think they're what the fourth or yeah, they're the th- third because it's Alabama or Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Those two are tied with the best odds, yeah. and then Michigan, which I, I don't know how they've got Ohio State over Michigan, but uh, Rich rank rank our teams from first to worst of the four. Oh boy. All right, first and foremost, the Lions are going to be number one right now. As as of today, the Lions will be number one. Uh, number two is the Wings, then the Pistons, and the Tigers. JP? Wow. Uh, I actually, I like the Lions, number one. Uh, I actually go with the Tigers, number two. I think they have, obviously, an elite World Series uh, manager, and I, so we'll see what Scott Harris can do. Uh, and then the wings, I think the wings will be on the come up. And then I think the Pistons are the low down worst bottom of the barrel trash right now. <laughs> the trash, man. but man, they've got a lot of young talent. They got a yeah. lot. Of, the I, future's I, bright. Yeah. They, they're, they're got to put my shades on. They got to, yeah. your buffs. You got to put your buffs on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that sentiment. Uh, I think the same can be said for all those teams though. Yeah, they pretty much all fall under the same category at the moment. Young and perspective, and yeah, you know, hopefully they got the right coach that's going to direct them. All right, folks, get your apps ready, get your pen out, and write down these bets. It's time. Well, it's that time of the show where we give you guys the bet. You take it to the apps, throw some money at it. Who knows? Maybe you win. Throw us a bone. JP, it ain't your money. So it's not going to be my problem. All right. Uh, Actually, uh, it's funny because my pick this week, you actually brought it up in the rapid fire. So I got uh, Joe Burrow to win the MVP at plus 700. I think, you know, second year revamped offensive line. I think he's going to take another step. I think Jamar Chase is going to explode this year. Obviously, T. Higgins, I like Joe Burrow to win the MVP. All right. Hey, Rich, it ain't your money. I actually did some research, but so we're going to go to the College World Series today. So the College World Series uh, for the game Monday night, uh, first pitch, 7 p.m., you got the Gators and LSU. I'm going to take the Florida Gators and the money line at plus 116. And the only reason why is because they absolutely throttled, throttled LSU. And I just don't think LSU's got the pitching to go. So that's who I'm taking. Well, you uh, stole my thunder if, if, if we're using uh, radio lingo here. Uh, I too am taking Florida. I was on DraftKings and they were plus 100 for the money line. And to piggyback off what Rich was saying, they hit six home runs. The Gators hit six home runs today. Ty Evans goes three for five, two home runs and a double. He's tied for the most home runs in World Series, uh, college World Series history. Uh, 24 to four. Unbelievable. This stat that kind of shocked me was the total bases 
Florida 45, LSU 11. So and this is coming off the heels of a of a three to was it three to two or four to three yeah, in game one in, in in extra innings. Just crazy turn of events. And 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 LSU jumped out to an early two nothing lead today with a home run. And you thought, oh, here we go again. But oh my God, yeah. that was yeah. that that was incredible, incredible uh, offensive performance. I guess they must have been watch. They must have been watching the Angels and the uh, Rockies yeah, game. I was gonna say yeah. Angels and the Rockies. That was last night. 25 to 1. 25 to 1. But then the Angels came out today and crapped their pants. So yep. They they shot their wad yesterday, and that was it. (laughs) So 13 runs in one inning. LSU's pitching. They they used a lot of it. Their their big starter in game one went way beyond what he probably should have. And um, they went deep in their bullpen today. But then on the flip side, they score 24 runs like did they to to quote Rich? Did they blow their wad today? Yeah. You hope not, but I I think um, that is a just a a debilitating game for for LSU. It's hard to get back, but you know what? Sports is the next day, so as if we'll the SEC see. needed more. Now they're winning the College World Series every year. Go figure. Go figure. All right, fellows, we got some closing thoughts tonight. Um, great show. This was a lot of fun to put together. I know we were. Like I said earlier, we were spitballing back and forth ideas and kind of get excited for, you know, the downtime of the year when you, there isn't a whole lot to talk about, especially around these parts. So, Rich, we'll start with you. Uh, again, any closing thoughts tonight? Uh, yeah. So uh, just closing thoughts is uh, if your kids play sports and you're a parent in the stands watching your kids play, it let the kids play, uh, let the umpires umpire the games uh let the coaches do the coaches listen you pay a lot of money for your kid to play a sport especially travel i do i pay a lot of money i'm not going to sit there and start yelling at other other teammates parents about some kid messing up or and like that at the end of the day it's kids they're you know 15 years old 12 years old whatever they're kids. Let them play the game. They're going to make mistakes because today we in a game, make a long story short. Um, we had a game. My older son had a game. The parents from the opposing team were in the stands screaming at each other. And then they started blaming the coach. The coach ended up leaving the dugout, coming to the stands and told all of his parents, if you don't like the way I'm coaching, take your kid and get off the field. Wow. Wow. They were, I mean, did anybody they, take their kid and get off the field? And absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> you know? and, and, and not only that, and now as, as they get older and, you know, uh, one of my things I've really learned with coaching is, you know, if, and I'm, you know, everybody's going to make an, everybody will make an error, right? Whether it's the guy making a call or the, or the kid making a play, Something that could happen. Don't be that guy out there yelling and screaming about an umpire if you felt the ball didn't go over the plate the right way. And uh, you know, if if you know so much about it, sign up and and handle it. And I, you know, I just I won't argue a call sitting a hundred feet away from it when the guy's got his nose five feet away from the call. So, so yeah. just people with respect. 
be nice to the officials, be nice to the umpires. They're human. They make errors just like you do. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's just a game. That's all. Oh, and another thing is it surfaced on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. There was a team in Detroit. They were playing out at Wixom. And it was like a full-on Donnie Brook of a fight between coaches, parents, kids, everything like that. It's like, for what? It's like, dude, shake hands. Hey, great game. You got to, yeah. you know, tip your cap, right? They can't. Obviously, they couldn't do that. So, but that's all I got to say about that. Well, said. yeah, I think I think the series Friday Night Tykes on Spike TV kind of fueled the whole country. That's all, yeah. that's Texas, bro. That's not Little League Baseball. No. JP, what are your closing thoughts tonight? Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to talk about, you know, the show. Uh, you know, we do this once a week, and I wanted to thank Tom for taking time out to uh, set up the production for us and make it look sweet. Uh, I think things have come a long way with this. Uh, we do it once a week. There's kind of a lot of prep that goes into it. Uh, sometimes the agenda is a little too challenging for some. Uh, you know, I just wanted to say thank you for uh, – putting your time in this to kind of make it a little bit more official for us, even if it's just our uh, grandparents and significant others watching. Well, that's nice that you say that JP. I just, yeah. I feel like uh, you guys bring the knowledge and the research and. Um, I just bring the face. Both of you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's just here for the good looks. So I try to, I try to, uh, keep up my part so i, I yeah, appreciate yeah, you saying yeah. that that means a lot yeah. thank you yep and, and my closing well go ahead no that's all i got okay perfect uh my closing thoughts what is <laughs> okay we're gonna go ahead and not play that i don't know what the ESPN decided to just start playing music. I do apologize. As we're talking about production, and yeah. this is this is what happened. Live, live uh internet radio, folks. Um, yeah. No, I I I want to talk about a player really quick. We're witnessing greatness in Anaheim with Shohei Watani. He's leading the league in home runs, he's leading the league in strikeouts. I think his OPS is over a thousand. This guy is just absolutely incredible, and and to think that he's doing it as a pitcher and a hitter, I, I we've talked about him before on the show how how unbelievably talented and and we haven't seen anything like this since Babe Ruth. And it's just these are the times that you really want to pay attention. And when he comes to Detroit, go. I don't care if, how bad the Tigers are, you go so you can witness history in a sense like this is a generational player and who knows if anybody will ever see a player like this ever again so what he's able to do and you just you you hope at some point that either the angels get it right because you have him and mike trout with just two of the the best ball players in 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 the world on the same team and they just can't seem to figure it out so either they figure it out or they move him to a team that's going to allow him to to be great, greater, I I should say, and and win championships. But um, man, it's 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 fun to watch just to see him mow down guys, and then boom, just he hit a home run 
to the opposite field the other night where I don't a I don't even know how he got his arms around to to hit the ball and he and he put it 450 feet. It's just it's incredible and we're watching history. So like yeah. I said, when he comes to Detroit, get there. I know uh, Rich and I went a couple years ago, oh, and, yeah, and, and when Mickey was chasing three thousand, man, he yeah. absolutely hit a bomb. Oh, I'll yeah. never forget that. Yeah, I mean, he he pitched. Dude, it, it was in it was in right field, and he hit the ball probably For the concourse, thir- right? like thirty rows up, almost into the concourse. Well, didn't right you guys field. get to see him pitch too? Yeah, the, yep. he was pitching that night too. So. Yeah. And there was a big crowd that people wanted to see him and, and do it, yeah. get out there, um, do yourself talent. a favor. You know, you, you look back at, at, at the great, the greats, Jordan. And, and, and if you ever got a chance to see Jordan play, man, you're, you're lucky and, and witness history. And I, I think he's, he's the type of player when it's all said and done is going to be the same way. So I, I don't, if the angels don't make the playoffs this year, I don't think there's enough money to keep them. Oh, no. He, he might be 75 million per <laughs> or more. He's two players lopped in the one. My, my dark horse for him going, would be Seattle. I think yeah. they have a very, very strong Japanese fan base. Um, and it would it would make a lot of sense. And and they're a young team that's up and coming. They they sniffed the playoffs last year, and they're um they're around five hundred this year. But I I could see him wanting to go to a place like that. So yeah, playing around with Julio Rodriguez. Oh yeah, boy, that, would, that would be yeah. special. So all right, fellas, great show tonight. Um, yep. want to thank everybody for tuning in, uh, watching, uh, listening on the podcast. Uh, go like and follow our socials. Uh, Cause that helps us out. It gets our reach a little bit further. So that would be great if you guys can do it, do that, uh, tell your friends and family. And uh, we definitely look forward to seeing everybody back here next time. Uh, maybe next week we'll have to, we'll have to figure out what day works best for all of us. So, but we'll be back and uh, thanks everybody again. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to another episode of easy speak at speakeasy three thirty. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can also catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right back here next week for another fun-filled episode of Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330. Cheers.